Welcome to Second Act Podcast. Second Act, it's a continuation and yet an evolution. It's finding meaning, fulfillment and deep sense of purpose. Through these podcasts, I would like to invite people who experienced their second acts, found a bigger purpose for themselves and are ready to share their stories because we truly believe that learnings happen through conversations. So welcome, Ritu. It's such a pleasure to have you. Uh, uh, you're looking very pretty, I have to say. So thank you for dressing up also for the show. <laughs> so welcome to Second Act, Ritu. Um, I want to introduce you, of course, um, so that everybody who's uh, seeing us or uh, hearing the podcast should know who Ritu is. So welcome, Ritu Shri. You use pronoun she, her, and you're a transgender person, woman. Uh, you're a lawyer. You're a DAENI professional. You're a co-founder from the. You're a co-founder of the Outcast Collective. Um, I will ask you a little bit more about what is this organization. Um, and of course, you um, are looking after the rights of LGBTQ community, and you speak on various platforms. And to top it all, you are India's first transgender woman stand-up comic. And that is something that I'm most curious about. So Ritu, I'm sure that you have spoken in lots of forums. It's a pleasure to have you on Second Act because this platform really brings in those um, kind of inspirational topics or inspirational talks, which can also change somebody else's life. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Ritu, on this because I want you to tell us your background. Of course, uh, you know, you're being bold and coming out and what is that story? Okay, first of all, thanks for inviting me and uh, thanks for, you know, lovely compliment about my look and everything. So, <laughs> thanks. Thank you. Um, it's been a pleasure, like we talked a couple of days ago, and it's been a pleasure to have this platform because, you know, I always feel that um, trans joy, they call trans persons, you know, stories should be, uh, should everyone should know the stories of trans person. It is not like that I have done something or I would inspire someone. No, but the thing is, when we talk about positive persons of marginalized society, it gives hope to people. Like yeah. there is a lot of thing gloomy and sorry, you know, there is a lot and lot of thing to be, you know, to be worried about and to feel sad about. So it always help people who are watching to see marginalized community people speaking. And secondly, I, I, I love going to different platform and talking because it gives me a hope that people are, uh, you know, being inclusive and society is trying to be more inclusive and talk about, you know, gender identity and sexual orientation, which in normal way, we, in our society, we feel it as a taboo and we do not talk much about it. And that's how this discrimination grows. And then, you know, every atrocities and everything happens because of this biasness. So we'll talk about that. But you, as you ask, uh, uh, I come from a very small town. And uh, right now I'm in Mumbai. Finally, uh, after trying uh, for years, I will move here. So I'm a lawyer and uh, I'm working in finance sector as a legal manager. And uh, 
uh, I have we have started uh, the outcast collective with me and few couple of my friends who are in the sector uh, for long, uh, like 20, 20 years um, of experience. And we have started it. I I, I have my uh, expertise in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Someone another Lakshmi Srinivasan is there. She has 22 years of experience in OD. Rituja is there. She's a she's also a lawyer and she is one of the uh, what I would say, uh, most powerful uh, voices of India when it comes to posh training and posh uh, related uh, uh, work. So we three and uh, Mini Man, we four uh, came together and built this uh, you know, the Outcast Collective. Nice. And uh, it is family. Uh, we are a DNI consulting firm and posh consulting firm. So we help organizations. In implementing uh, the DNI policy in making the workplace inclusive for uh, various marginalized, not only LGBTQIA plus community, but also you know uh, EWD neurodivergence and cisgender uh, uh, women, you know how to build the policy. We we have organization in policy formation in gender sensitization, you know from how to hire and training of people, training of HR people and everything. Nice. This is uh, what, and I hope we'll, we'll talk a bit more uh, regarding uh, the comedy thing. Yeah, I, I was doing a stand-up for you know uh, last couple of years, and then I came out, and uh, right now because I, I don't know there are many trans people in also comedy also, but uh, they haven't come out yet. Uh, I had this pleasure to come out as the first trans woman, so yeah, I'm doing comedy also. And I'm enjoying it. Nice. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Lovely. I'm enjoying this, um, you know, this um, uh, center for thing that everyone is talking, oh, you are the first. So I'm enjoying this. This is my professional thing. Personal thing, I come from a very small town of Odisha. And uh, since my childhood, I felt very discomfort with my body and my gender. But Growing up in early 90s in a small town, you have no idea about what is gender, what is sexuality or anything. Of course. And the way, the way society has taught us, has raised us about all these things, you start feeling guilty about yourself. You start feeling like a criminal, you know? And uh, I, I started feeling odd. You know, in the childhood, I would dress up like, I would uh, wear my sister's dresses and everything and everyone would laugh everyone would laugh you know we all have this uh, uh, photos of uh, in childhood not that cute boy wearing female dresses of school dresses of his sister or something yes, yes. yeah so I'm i was doing you know, growing up it was even more um, you know it, it was it was more awkward these days people are still open-minded they do not stop and say oh what are you wearing or like you know you are dressing up like a boy or you're dressing up because we've opened our minds a little bit but i'm sure it was tough for you yeah yeah like, um, when i was like um i was uh, before going to school you know i used to dress up and like I, I used to wear my uh, uh, sister dresses and everyone was like oh it's normal it's okay but gradually when i uh, started going school and i grew up then everybody started saying oh you don't do this and then that that that, that, that time i felt like why they are saying this right. you know mm. why they are giving me to wear this and everything 
and then gradually you know i came to understand that okay i am a woman in a male body like i'm in a male body but i can relate to woman like i feel like a woman yeah. but at that at that age i had no idea i had no one no internet nothing so i was very confused and i was scared ki okay something wrong has happened then um as i was a very soft person so called soft person in school you know easy target of bullying so i got bullied a lot and so i used to hide in home like i would not go anywhere i would not go to play with boys and everything but then even in family they will be like no go out play with boys don't play with girls so it created a dilemma in my mind what is happening i am pretty normal kind of thing so called normal as society says okay i have a body which is not defective anything but what is happening to me then i came to know about homosexuality and all through you know books and yeah and i came to know about gay person so i thought ki okay i'm a male boy i'm uh, interested in boys they attract me so i am a gay person okay but then the second thing happened is i like a boy not as a boy mm. i like a boy as me being a woman so what am i because you know uh, in in the small towns without any knowledge about the sexuality and gender identity in those days right i had no idea about what is a transgender person i always like i have i had seen them i had seen trans persons in various places and i uh, was made to believe that trans persons like they born with some defect you know what we call intersex you know still till now many people thought they think that intersex people are transgender mm. that is not so i thought ki okay i'm not bodily you know anywhere my genitals or something is gay but i'm perfectly okay then what is this i'm not gay i'm not a transgender then who am i mm. it gradually started you know um, affecting my life and my mental peace but i cope up with it i try to live with this whole uh, trauma and gradually i i got into law i passed uh, my graduation and then i started practicing the first thing i did was i took a home rented only for myself like i started living alone no but the what was happening in your family didn't anybody from your family ever say anything to you did they not um, you know kind of hide anything from you in conversations or did they think that this was normal like i never came out to my family like uh, <clears throat> actually um, when uh, once uh, i was in some plus the second or third standard uh, and i uh, told my uh, Uh, mother like we were having our dinner and i told my mother that i sometimes feels like me and this body are two different mm. wow. like there is me inside and this body is like kind of a armor or something and this is not my body when i see my hand i i don't feel like okay this is my hand or something so everybody laughed at me mm. then again you know um, i have a um, they had no idea 
but they were treating like you like a boy completely boy yeah always like but don't sit like this sit like this you okay. know talk hmm. like this walk like this right <clears throat> and then when i uh, came to know about myself like i started um, it was in class um, i was in standard 9 and i started uh, knowing myself that i started identifying myself as a woman that i, I had some clarity about me so i once uh, again uh, on a dinner table i said ki uh, it would be better if i change my sex and become a woman right. and my father said hot uh, like angrily he said hot oh my god i had no idea what i'm saying and that hurt you know um, pushed me backward and from that day i started hiding myself more from my family from outside and from my family so it was a very difficult task that is why when i started my uh, professional career i took a house rent uh, for myself alone like i was started living alone half of my salary was going on house rent but i was like okay i can dress up now so i started dressing up and everything um, but then i thought this is a phase or some fetish or something and uh, but again uh, you know uh, it started this 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 whole confusion of who you are and uh, you know trying to find who you are but even not getting any clue any road anything that was traumatic mm. so i started searching for internet and i uh, started calling my therapist uh, some therapist and all of them i find so many negative uh, reactions from them i stopped that Do but you, then again even from therapist you're finding negative reactions Yeah, like once I called a therapist and I um, told him that uh, I had some uh, research on my uh, internet and about gender dysphoria and everything. <clears throat> right. So I called the therapist and I said, "Hey, sir, I, I, I am feeling some gender dysphoria thing, and uh, I'm, I'm curious about to know about what my gender is, what my sexuality is, and everything." And uh, he said, "He, we don't treat people like you." Oh. okay what is like you oh my goodness yeah it was it was it, it, it was it was traumatic like i started feeling you know already i was feeling guilty about my sexuality and generation mm. and then when he said this <coughs> i i felt okay i'm doing something wrong right. there is something wrong in me and uh, i then i started trying to okay <coughs> sorry i will not dress up i will not do makeup you know uh, so i i threw up all my makeup and dresses everything mm. saying okay this is wrong i would not do this but after two months i couldn't resist myself i again buy bought my dresses and uh, makeup and everything and i started doing again okay then it, it continue for a year and then i thrown uh, it again uh, and it, it became a routine you know Uh, i would dress up for a year or something then i would feel like okay i'm doing something wrong i need to get rid of it i'll throw it off everything and then after 3 months i will again buy because mm-hmm. of depression so whenever i used to dress i used to feel good okay and then in 2019 uh, my family started uh, um preparing for my marriage mm-hmm. and uh, thought okay let's get married so oh. at least this phase will go i will be normal again hmm. 
So they went to those um, girl's house and everything was like finalized, finalized thing. Final was me visiting the girl. Okay. And they fixed a date and I started panicking, like <coughs> panic attack and everything. Like I couldn't sleep for days, like two, three days. I started feeling like I'm killing someone. Like I, till then I was living a dual life of a male for the society and virtually within me in closet. What was your name that time? Pardon me? Was the name still Ritushri or was did you have a different name? No, no, my, my name is Ritushri. Okay. My legal name has not been changed yet okay. because of this. So um, I started like, like I, I started feeling like I'm killing myself. You know, it is, it is not like a suicide thing. I like, I'm literally killing myself. So I went into depression and then I again uh, tried my luck, called few therapists, but finally I got a good one uh, who is continuing with me. And uh, the first thing I did, I told my family that, okay, for four months at least, I'm not going to marry. So stop this. I need to find myself. And my therapist said, first we have to know whether you are a gay person or, you know, cross-dresser or transgender. We have to uh, I know about you. So um, she asked me, have you ever gone out as Ritushri, and I said, never. And she said, you need to uh, go out there, you know, to know actually who you are. You know, you will feel comfortable or something, you are feeling discomfort, we have to know. So in 2019, um, in Delhi Pride Parade, I went there for the first time. I booked a hotel, a quite friendly hotel at East Delhi, uh, my company. Nice. Nice. Uh, on that day, I went for, I booked a cab, I went to this Pride uh, March and while going through all the, going through, uh, going towards this Pride March thing, Barakamba Road, where it is scheduled to start, mm. I was feeling anxious, what will happen, you know, mm. for, for the first time, I will be as a woman, someone, something. But the moment I reached there and I, uh, you know, uh, opened the door and I stepped out, hmm. I felt a peace in my mind that I never felt in my life. Hmm. It was like, finally, I found myself. And from there on, we, I knew that, okay, this is me. I had no wrong in my body. I'm perfectly fine. This is who I am. And then gradually, I started talking to my family and I came out to them. And uh, they're very supportive. Oh, nice. They're so supportive that uh, after they, you know, they, they said that I'm, we are proud of you and, I, and, and all this thing. I felt like I could have told them 10 years earlier so that I wouldn't have suffered these 10 years. So this is my coming out story to my family. So beautiful. So beautiful. Proud of you, Prithushri, of course. Very, very proud of you. And thank you for bringing your story. It's not easy. But I think more and more people need to hear this because you are helping somebody else to either find themselves or to find their second act. I always feel there is a second act. There is something inside us yet to be discovered. And that's how I describe second act. And this is a platform for that as well. Besides all the inspiration and everything that comes out. So thank you. Yeah, and the, 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 the worst part is, you know, if you are a trans person or, you know, queer person, the worst part is not how you come out to your family. Not, it, that is not a difficult part. 
even coming to your uh, come, coming out to society is not difficult the most difficult part is accepting yourself because the way society has taught us that this is wrong this is taboo you are doing something criminal so accepting yourself is the most important and most hardest thing mm. and as you said second act um, is all about this i would say whoever is watching uh, this thing and uh, if you are a trans person especially let me tell you one thing uh, it is not something wrong within you the wrong is in the society like when i was coming out my first fear was uh, how would i pass as a woman because i am too tall i am above 6 i am large and everything oh, and so and i was like people will comment you know seeing a 6 feet woman trans woman on street and then i thought okay, okay be maybe i am 6 feet or 5 feet that doesn't matter to the society as long as i am a trans person they will discriminate not on my height but on my gender so i said okay leave it i will go out then again i thought i am a woman be it a cisgender woman or transgender woman society will harass me so why should i think so much about the society and then i started going out and uh, like I, like i i lived three decades in this world but the last couple of years after coming out i am realizing what life is so what is life life is beautiful <laughs> life is beautiful. life is beautiful as long as you are enjoying as yourself as yes. long as you are living as who you are beautiful so rithvi what are you doing really i know that social media is really your tool to go or your friend in need right now who has helped you as well in many ways so tell us a little bit about how did you discover that you should use social media as your friend okay so when i said now we me and my therapist planned to uh, go out in public and everything for daily pride parade right so i was very afraid i was very afraid like i was afraid ki i don't know anyone you know so uh, we decided to open a twitter account so i opened a twitter account and a facebook account the facebook i don't use anymore i opened a twitter account and i search uh, delhi queer pride so whoever you know i found people have posted with this words i contacted them like if they are a queer person i contacted them that okay help me i'm going for the pride for the first time i was the pride for the first time and luckily uh, i found a very good friend kanmani ge and uh, she is also a trans woman she is also a lawyer and she gave me the strength ki okay i'm there come to pride nothing in so that was the first thing uh, positive thing happened to me on twitter and i would say that see social media is the first right now social media is the first platform where where people are coming out because there you 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 have no pressure of your family and friends you can say whatever you want you can express yourself you can express your gender you can express your uh, um, sexuality and all that for me it helped in a way that i started talking to people i started talking about myself what i'm going through what i feel like and i made many friends and on that journey you know they gave me strength okay 
don't worry post your photo so i uh, earlier i used to post uh, you know more photo of me you know face half covered or something 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 gradually i got the strength from them and i started posting my photos it, it is uh, people will like okay what is there in posting your photos but it is like i'm telling the world see look this is i am i'm a transgender woman i'm proud of myself and that courage you know the acceptance i got from uh, many people on social media they became my kind of family that gave me the courage to do many things like after i coming out i i my uh, coming out on social media i started writing articles i started you know attending seminars doing podcast or you know, writing for many organization and leading some uh, uh, how what i would say <laughs> leading campaigns for queer rights and everything right. and social media like even after coming out on social media i was very afraid to come out on my comedy scene i started mm. comedy scene. Mm. but through social media i got this um, strength to come out and be who i am so people say social media is uh, you know ruining our society but as a queer person as a, especially as a trans person i would say that twitter gave me my life wow. but yes there are very uh, negative things on twitter which sometimes triggers you a lot sometimes uh, you know um, make you depressing make you feel depressed because there are people who are very transphobic very queer phobic they troll you they abuse you so earlier they used to bother me but then i learned this very amazing thing about twitter that you can block anyone so i started blocking them Nice. And uh, I like okay, there are hundred reasons to get worried, get sad, you know, feel sad about your life. There are hundred things, but there are at least ten things which makes you happy. So care for these ten things. Very Forget this. I like it, Ritu, because it's not only about you or like uh, they are troubling the queer people or like the transgender people or like you know any people who are different than them. They are just have too much time in hand. And uh, they don't know what to do no with job. their time. Too much time, no <laughs> job, no internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then they say, "Chalo, uh, you know, let me just comment this one or that one." I think you did the right thing. Let's just block such people. Um, you know, I also do uh, stuff like this now because there are lots of people who encourage you, and then whatever doesn't serve you along the way, I think it's it's your right to you know kind of say okay this is not serving me now and it comes in my way of my growth so i can stop it so very very proud again and i think you are doing the right thing and um, yes you're right the social media is serving us i started this journey of second act also like about almost one and a half years ago and uh, thanks to only social media that people are now able to know about it and you know so i think it is a great advantage a great advantage so when it's up to us, when it's troubling us, I mean, to stop it. Yeah, the thing about social media is how you are using it. Yes. You know how you are using it. If you are, and as I said, now for many people, social media is the platform to venture out their real self. So and just in, like hmm. whatever you want to say, you are saying on social media because you cannot say it at, at your home or outside anywhere. Social media kind of given everyone a strength, but yeah, sometimes that strength has fallen into some wrong hands, and the nuisance is there. 
But yeah, there are many positive things about social media. So I, I always say that is why in my coming out, social media has played out the biggest role. I would not say a big role, but the biggest role. Because I have found all my friends right now who have, who have supported me throughout my journey or of coming out to my family or who are working with me on uh, the Outcast Collective. Everyone I found out on from Twitter. So coming to the DE&I work that you're doing, see when we work with corporates, I also did a beautiful program called Dare to Wear Your Pink Boots. And this was a workshop that I did with a lot of diversity heads. And the topic was not only including women because most organizations with the DNI topic feel women are the ones who need you know, uh, more leadership roles, et cetera. But this workshop was all about being completely inclusive. When you're talking about diversity inclusion, it should have all people there. It should not be about women's role or like, you know, specific to transgender or disabilities or whatever. It was all, are we all inclusive or not? So what is um, a lot of work that you are doing in DNI space? And I'm sure that you said that you also help corporates in their policies, HR work, etc. cetera. Uh, what are you exactly doing there? So uh, first of all, let me say, and I'm adding to your uh, experience of inclusion of uh, women, See, inclusion is inclusion. It is not like part inclusion or, uh, you know, yes, the, a quarter inclusion or three-fourth inclusion. Many a corporate are like, okay, we are inclusive of diversity, but only CSET women. Mm. That is not, you know, uh, inclusion in true self. Inclusion of diversity means you have to, you know, include women, LGBTQIA plus people, PWD, neurodiverse, there are many things, you know. I can understand people, uh, organization who are uh, at their uh, initial stage of, you know, uh, inclusive policies, inclusive, you know, initial stage of making their workplace inclusive. I can understand that they are going first for cis women mm -hmm. because society is not that much ready. So, but the thing is, uh, what next? Once you have, you know, um, made your company inclusive of CISET women, what is next? Try include PWD people, neurodivergent people, LGBTQIA people. There is also like, you know, the thing is, it, inclusion is a very vast spectrum and diversity is more vast than inclusion. So you have to include everyone, not for any charity or something or any PR uh, activity, it helps you perform better as an organization. Because when people come to uh, your workplace and work as themselves without hiding their real, uh, who they really are, they will feel engaged. And an engaged employee always work better. So, okay. And that, that will help the company in, you know, achieving more productivity from their employees. That will help them achieving more profits or whatever they want. That is the one thing. Second thing is, you know, uh, when you have diverse mind at workplace, be it sexuality, gender, you know, physical abilities, or even your background of different tribes and different places, you are having different people from different backgrounds. So you are having different solutions for the same problem. If you are having, a, you are employing a homogeneous group of one set of people, 
their approach to every problem will be same. Here you are getting more options. So from every point of view, diversity, inclusion of diverse candidate is profitable for the organization. So don't do it for charity or anything. First of all, it is their right of every diverse group to be, um, to get equal, to, equal, uh, equal sorry, yeah. <laughs> in employment and opportunity. And it is for your uh, organization's profit. So think about your organization. So this is, I would say, and secondly, you ask me what we do. As I said, we are a consulting firm. So we help company who are uh, trying to start their diversity uh, inclusion journey, and they have no idea how to start it. Because you know, there are various spaces, stages of your um, uh, inclusion of diverse people. You cannot say that, okay, we released a diversity equity inclusion policy and now everything will be Okay, honky dory and everything. It cannot be. It will not. Be. So you have to, you know, what, what, how you draft the policy, what, how you draft the mission statement, how you train your employees before. Like, if you are planning to uh, include trans women in your organization, for an example. Right. Now, before uh, uh, hiring or uh, before take, including trans person in your organization, you need to sensitize your cis employees so that the trans person will face no obstacle or face no harassment and will feel inclusive. So how will you train them? You know, how will you make your um, work policy and work document gender neutral? You know, how will you move forward from step to step to step there? Are, how will you review your work? So we help um, organizations in all these aspects, like to, from training of people to policy making to review of your progress. Beautiful. But uh, tell me, I always miss this point, you know, when you're already working in your working life, your foundation is already set. We are trying to change a mindset, create inclusivity at a stage of our life, and we have not really, we are not exposed to it totally. So when we do not behave in a certain format uh, with you know all kinds of people, of course it is not fair, of course, and but we are not even, uh, I would say, not trained or not exposed to it so far, and that's why the reason that we still do need this. Um, exposure before we even come to the corporate world and I think it should start in schools because you also you know the way that you face discrimination probably the way you felt during your school days when you didn't even know who you are and there was not even an education behind it or an understanding I think we have to go backwards and you know create this whole inclusion piece in schools what is how do you feel about that See, we, our education system, we do not have any kind of sex education. Gender we both hear, but sex education is very connected ah. to just yeah. knowing about our biological uh, uh, changes so, and that's all. Yeah, that's basic thing. Yeah. They do not teach you about your gender and sexuality thing. Now, I'm giving you an example why this discrimination is happening towards queer persons. Okay, be it a gay person, lesbian person, or a transgender woman. Why happening? Because of the biasness we have. Okay, mm -hmm. now 
we are saying that okay we will train this um, um, uh, employee of corporate employee will um, do this gender sensitization work and we will train him or them or her so if you are going to train an employee who is already have so much biases like he is working in a corporate and there have been some you know five six years of experience so you know they are at the age of 25 let's say yeah. when you are going to train them you are you are having a helpless task of removing their biases of last 25 years yes it's very difficult it is easy if we start teaching school kids like they have no biases like even if you are teaching a school kid of 10 of standard 10 he has only 15 years of biases so it is easier now next thing is when a child born they grow up see, seeing heterosexual people like heterosexual male heterosexual female they born then another kid you know they, they have their own kid and that is the family so when they grow up and then they see something unusual like yeah. a male loving a male a female loving a female or a trans person they feel this is wrong this is something wrong this is odd like earlier people used to call left-handed person a devil <laughs> because there are no left-handed person in public you know and it helped this whole uh, perception of that left hand is uh, what we call, uh, call it uh, immoral or you know uh, it's odd or it's not normal same thing happened with the square people if you are not seeing many queer persons in your society in your day-to-day -day life in you know be it on tv media politics or anywhere that kid growing up has only one thing in mind okay heterosexual male heterosexual female she said she said and this is normal everything beyond this binary is abnormal so when they see uh, someone from the queer community they start the, the, their biases start playing in their mind you know and then the discrimination happens because they cannot accept you so what you said yes since childhood since your early school days we have to teach people about uh, kids about gender and sexuality and one more thing if you see the data trans kids below 18 who are in schools they are more vulnerable and prone to suicide the suicide rate amongst them is too 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 high because as i said you know what happened with me either you don't know and then you get bullied and there is no one to help so for all these reasons we need gender and sexuality studies in schools and need to teach kids since the early days so that they will not grow up with all the biases against queerness so true and uh, i think you should work and i'm sure that you are already thinking with your friends how can you introduce that in school? And I think we just need, is a very imperative part of our growing up, which I am learning from a younger generation. I did this uh, day to way of pink boots, thanks to my uh, kids who showed me the way 
that if you are putting programs for only men and only women, what about the rest of the world? So I think um, that was my learning and I'm learning every day. And if we can all learn from our childhood, it's, it's great, I think. Um, the thing is we learn and unlearn every day. So true. That's the, that's the motto. And uh, the, you uh, told me, uh, you said about your child and everything. And this is the best thing. If you see the younger generations, the millennials, they are very vocal about, you know, this um, gender sensitization thing, this gender and sexuality thing. The other day I was doing a workshop in, in a corporate place and uh, a lady uh, about 40, 45 years, she mm -hmm. came to me and said that this same thing, that now the kids are very vocal about it. Yes. And I said, yes. And she said, yeah, I um, the other day my kids were teaching pronouns to their grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. And kids, uh, kids are in six, seven, eight standard. Yes, I started it's, using pronouns thanks to my own, um, you know, education from my kids. That is why aren't you using pronouns? So, yeah, I think that you know we need to unlearn first to learn again. And I uh, think that's what I said. Now, there are hundred things to worry about, but there are ten positive things to be happy. And this new generations with all those, you know ability to understand and assess gender sexuality and talk about the most important thing is they are talking about it. Yes, so true. We have grown in a phase where, uh, you know, even talking about heterosexual sex or even AIDS or condoms were taboo. Mm. So true. You know, if you would say any word mm. about this thing. So yeah, this is a very positive change. And as I said about inclusion, after 2018, um, 377 judgment and 2014 NALSA judgment, many corporates are now, you know, um, coming forward to include every kind of uh, diversity, not only uh, queer person. Yeah, right now it is a drive to uh, include more queer person in organization. And that's a good sign. Things are changing at a slow pace, but yeah, things are changing and that's a great sign. Ritu, I'm going to be uh, wanting to come for your next stand-up comic. Please send me an invite when you do it. I'm very curious. <laughs> I yes, really... sure. I, like, I'll be doing a couple of shows uh, in Mumbai this December. Is it live or is it virtual? No, it will be live, not online. Um, I think I'll be doing another uh, couple of online shows also. And I will post it. I'll send you uh, yes. the link. I would love to be a part of one of those. And thank you for your time and uh, such a beautiful conversation. I can hear beyond what you are saying. I can listen deeply. And it's a lot that uh, you have gone through as a person. Um, and I'm so glad that you could come out. You can speak and open. Social media helps you to do that. Your family is so supportive. You have friends who are now aligning with you. You have allies like me completely uh you know so we have a i have made so many queer and transgender friends i cannot tell you recently and only because of my work i mean i i have learned so much and i've opened my space and if i think it's a beautiful space to be to be really inclusive and thank you for uh, really accepting so graciously this invite to be on the podcast in like an instant um, it's beautiful thank you Thank you, thank you, uh, Chennai. And as you said, allies like you, allies are very important. 
when it comes to inclusion of any diverse, any diverse, any kind of diverse people in workplace or in society. And that's why I always say, I'm first for the allies because yeah. allies will because see, this is the thing. Na? We are fighting against the society. And so the major portion, if we can make the major portion of the society as our allies, thing will change and thing is good. And thanks for inviting. Um, because as I said, um, I as I said, when a queer person, when a trans person sees you, uh, your coming out story, they get some courage. And let me tell you, coming out is beautiful. As you said of comedy, I'm doing since last couple of years, but I had never enjoyed my comedy or my writing or my activism so much, so much that I'm enjoying right now after coming out. Kudos to you and many more. We wish you so much success and so much happiness and so much beautiful things that you're doing. And um, thank you for accepting also me as your friend. And we will be in touch from now. Yeah. Thank you so much, my dear.